Hey, I'm Kavita Golia, your host of Tuned In. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how self-development and transformation can be achieved in so many different ways. I have a passion for music, psychedelic research, breathwork, embodiment, and connection with ourselves and others. In this podcast, you can expect to hear stories and journeys from all walks of life, from people who are inspiring in the world of personal growth. This is a place where we can speak honestly and authentically, a space where taboo subjects are explored and a place for us to form a community of open-hearted and open-minded people. I am super excited to have my first podcast interview with Jackie Stang. Jackie is the president and founder of Delic Corp, a psychedelic wellness corporation. Jackie is also the woman behind Quarter, a Californian brand of THC-infused vaporizers. Jackie's CV is pretty impressive. She has a significant role in High Times magazine. She produced Bulletproof Radio and has worked in a number of companies relating to healthcare and drug abuse. Delic Corp is currently nurturing three brands in the psychedelic space, Reality Sandwich, The Delic, and Meat Delic. Delic aims to reframe the conversation about psychedelics to a mainstream audience, providing honest, trustworthy information. So psychedelics are the proofs in the pudding. In some instances, they are showing efficacy rates to treat PTSD and depression and other mental disorders of up to 80%. Whereas our traditional methods of psychiatry that in the States, at least we've used for 40 to 60 years, have a success rate amongst the practitioners of like 6%. Most people come to psychedelics because they want to be better, right? Their intention in general is that they want to feel better and be happier because they've suffered some sort of trauma, typically as a child, be it through their parents, or parenting through the food that they eat. Sugar is extremely triggering or a bad diet can create anxiety and depression. We're at the very beginning of that science experiment and the jury's still out. Life is psychedelic. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. No problem. Yeah, I've been pretty excited about all your McDonald's stuff. Um, since I've been doing research on it. Tell me a little bit, obviously I've been reading about it, reading about yourself. Tell me a little bit more about Meet Dalek and um, what your aim is and what your vision is for it over the next year or so, over the next few years. Dalek is my brainchild. I started it two years ago as a response to a hole in the psychedelic industry, if you will, where there wasn't education for a mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. And so Delic Corp is a big tent corporation that produces technology-based products that allow civil discourse about psychedelic culture. And so unlike some of these other ventures that are looking to patent medicines, et cetera, et cetera, we are a media brand. And the best way to think about it is that currently we've got three children. Our youngest child is realitysandwich.com, and that is several thousand pieces of free information on psychedelics and consciousness. 
Our middle child is Meet Stelic, which is my interpretation of a live event that is meant to bring wellness visionaries to the table with psychedelic visionaries to create a memorable once-in-a-lifetime experience for the audience that will allow people to go out and talk more about psychedelics. And by talking more about psychedelics to each other, we destigmatize the conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. And then the delic.com is our is our eldest child who is it is an online experience platform to help people find their experience and upgrade their journey. So we have experience directories, meaning a person wants to go and find a legal ayahuasca experience or ketamine journey, et cetera, et cetera. We are building a resource for people to do that. And also there's a boutique of hand-curated, one-of-a-kind pieces that people who live a psychedelic lifestyle would want to have in their toolbox. Amazing. Well, do you know what? It's something that comes up for me. Well, I did research on microdosing with psilocybin for my master's degree. And I mean, it's huge now, isn't it? It's getting bigger and bigger, This the awareness of it. And I think living in England, I know you've lived in London for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I lived in, yeah, mm-hmm, I lived in Southfields. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And like over here, even though the conversation is getting bigger and it's becoming much more accepted, it's still like a class A drug. And I know it's still like a schedule one in the States. So how do you kind of get around all of this, like the conversation and sort of things that I went to the wisdom, um, the park when I was in California and it was kind of like a psychedelic experience and it was amazing. Yeah. But I don't know if that kind of thing would be allowed in England, because it just seems to be so much more open in California. Yeah. But, but it's still Schedule 1. So, yeah, you know, how are you finding any problems with that? Yeah, so here's how to think about it. On one hand, let's take marijuana, for example. While it's still illegal federally in the United States, it was simultaneously deemed as an essential service during the recent covid quarantine epidemic in many states. And that took years and years and years of normalizing the conversation within the public. Luckily, in America, we have freedom of speech and we're protected by the First Amendment. So we can talk about these things without fear of penalty. And so at the same time, there are wonderful institutions like Johns Hopkins University, Yale, other major collegiate enterprises who are doing the research And therefore then going the medical route, which of course is typically a surefire way of normalizing something to the mainstream because going to the doctor or the medical system, while not necessarily trustworthy in America, is something that we're all used to. And then on top of that, mental health in the United States and across the globe is a pandemic. Every 40 seconds, somebody commits suicide. So that is something that, you know, and Mental health, while also stigmatized, is not illegal. (laughs) It's not illegal to have an anxiety disorder. So psychedelics are, the proof's in the pudding. In some instances, they are showing efficacy rates to treat PTSD and depression and other mental disorders of up to 80%. Whereas our traditional methods of psychiatry that in the States, at least we've used for 40 to 60 years, have a success rate amongst the practitioners of like 6%. So there's people in the media 
and in Hollywood doing the work that we need to do to retell the story so that the public feels comfortable talking. And then there's the people on the academic side doing what they need to do to prove using data that these things can be useful and are useful. Another thing, too, is when I lived in London, I, uh, it was the beginning of the biohacking craze and even the podcasting phase. So before High Time, before Delic, before High Times, I was an award-winning podcast producer. And one of the first shows I worked on was London Real, which is a show hosted by Brian Rhodes out of London. And I remember people thinking I was crazy when I would talk (laughs) about podcasts back then, or biohacking, or Wim Hof, breathing, or butter in your coffee. And so slowly but surely, as I traveled west, I live in California now, these things became more and more popular. Now, podcasting is all the rage. Like, who doesn't have a podcast, right? So so that's just another example of something that's super normal, like an, an audio mechanism to listen to information, like a podcast. That's a technology that people before would roll their eyes at me thinking I was a nut. But now everyone has one. So it's it's really about movement and about conversation and about uh, destigmatizing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think with the stuff that I've been doing, I think that there is also the conversation to be had that I'm all for the psychedelics with the help with like mental health and people that I interviewed who have had some honestly some amazing amazing results with like microdosing I particularly work with psilocybin but there were some things that brought me to tears some of the stories that I heard I'm very careful and as you always say that we have to safety comes first set and setting I'm also very careful to not say to people okay if you have depression you should try microdosing and all this kind of you know and how do you get around that yourself when you're sort of advising people giving people information because there is a lot of information out there that is supporting psychedelics with depression and OCD and PTSD but then it can have quite negative effects as well with what I you know bringing up trauma and sort of absolutely that kind of side you know totally so I believe that truth is learned and never told and Ultimately, me and my company, we believe in freedom and personal responsibility. Most people come to psychedelics because they want to be better, right? Their intention in general is that they want to feel better and be happier because they've suffered some sort of trauma, typically as a child, be it through their parents or parenting, through the food that they eat. Sugar is extremely triggering or a bad diet can create anxiety and depression. So there are all these things that we deem as normal or legal that cause trauma. Mm-hmm. And I mean, television, you know, is, is wildly violent and causes trauma all the time. To me, it's less about a couple things. It's less about fear of trauma. We're human beings. Hello. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to earth. Like we experience trauma. That's what we do. It's how you respond to the trauma and how you process the trauma to gain wisdom from it. That matters in terms of safety. People need to decide what safety means to them. So safety lives within you and I, I can't tell you what will make you safe, but I can show you that here are 20 pieces of information where other people have made suggestions, but you need to make your own decision for yourself. And so ultimately, it's personal responsibility with adults, of course. I think children is totally other topic, but even 
on that topic, in certain indigenous cultures, they administer, shamans would administer psychedelics like ayahuasca or psilocybin to children of the tribe. So it's, it's about, in that regard, cultural relativity and whatever makes sense to you and your community. Yeah, I really like that, actually, about anything can really trigger trauma, sugar, TV, and you don't really think of it like that. I'm, yeah, that's int- really, really, I like that perspective. It's really interesting. So when it comes to psychedelics, do you have, are there any particular things that you guys sort of advocate more than others? I'm asking that because for myself, I was, um, the reason I chose to decide was because it's natural, it's on the ground. And I wasn't so sort of into looking at things like LSD because I felt it was chemical and I didn't feel that it was sort of taking that sort of plant medicine sort of history but I mean I haven't tried anything like ayahuasca or anything but do you sort of just cover everything and yeah do you is there anything that you sort of you know a bit more wary of or, or that you'd recommend more than others we don't recommend anything specific outside of making your own decision with the information that's provided especially when it comes to which substance another thing that's important to remember is when you're thinking about let's say, psilocybin next to LSD, and one seems, quote-unquote, more natural than the other, they're both chemicals. You're, I mean, you and I are chemicals. We're all made up of chemical compounds. So it's really then a, a matter of where in the process of extraction you are. And LSD is derivative of ergot, which is a, a fungus found on mm. rye. It's several steps removed from its origin, and created in a lab, which is more of like a Western psychedelic, if you will. It's all about how you frame it and how you see it. But ultimately, we're talking about ultimately we're talking about the same thing. And then when it comes to consumption, because it's so illegal across the globe, um, mm-hmm. and less so, right? You know, there in, there are plenty of places you can go in South America, in Amsterdam, and elsewhere to get legal experiences. I would suggest that, A, don't rush, like the substances aren't going anywhere, and B, listen to what your body is calling to or what is calling to your body and make the decision for yourself. And then the last thing I'll say about that is even within the psychedelic community, people can't really, haven't really fully agreed on the vernacular of what is included when we say the word psychedelics, like what substances are actually included. And the reason that it's important to still have this conversation so we can define it for other people is that take like ketamine, for example, which is a, an anesthesia drug mm-hmm. designed to block nerves. And that, while creating a hallucinogenic type effect, is very different from something like LSD, but they're both created in a lab. So MDMA too is an empathogen that doesn't necessarily create hallucinations. It's wildly different from psilocybin Mm. or LSD. The only thing I wouldn't recommend, don't take opioids. (laughs) Yeah, I know you mean. Actually, there's a lot of things with the ketamine and MDMA that I was quite surprised at being um, classed as a psychedelic. But I think, obviously, with, like, ketamine, it's more dissociative, isn't it? And it's it's, yeah. it's very, very different. Um, but there's great research with both of those as well at the moment, right? Yeah, ketamine this shows amazing promise in really affecting depression in a positive way. But we're at the very beginning of that science experiment. Mm. And 
the jury's still out. But the way I describe it, having consumed it for anxiety myself successfully, is that it, as a dissociative, what it does is it takes like your doubt monster uh, or whatever you want to call the little thing that causes you to spin out or OCD or feel anxious or what feel like bad about yourself. It takes that little monster and it puts it in a closet and then locks the door for about an hour. And so just that in itself is wildly therapeutic because you don't have the little monster yelling at you all day for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, ketamine is a very promising substance. So what has been your, if you don't mind um, sharing, what has been your experience? I know, I know that you've tried them. I think you were quite, you were 15, were you? I think uh, you 14. Podcast. 14, yeah. I mean, what has been your general experience? How has it changed your, your life and your experience? Psychedelic culture is a imperative part of my existence and it's not just about the substances or the psychedelics, right? Like, obviously, you're not going to take a psychedelic every day or every few days or even every Mm -hmm. week because these things are really potent. And moderation seems to be the key for most happiness. But there are things surrounding the substances that are normal everyday things, like clarity of thought or an increased drive to want to be creative Um, an increased understanding or a return to the understanding of your place in the natural world, music, dance, art, all of these things are kind of a part of the psychedelic experience. And it's just been in my world since I'm 14. But even before that, because there's studies show now that babies even have a brain function when they're very young that mimics certain brain function while on psychedelic substances. So, you know, my position is that life is psychedelic and it becomes less and less about what you're taking and when, because it's not really about that. It's about what you learn during the experience and how you integrate that into your everyday sober life. And and that's something that you mentioned as well about your sober life. So does this mean you do you not drink? No, I, d- yeah. I don't drink and not because I had a problem with it. I actually luckily never had a problem with it, but it doesn't, it, uh, it was very poisonous to my system and my, my biological father died of alcoholism. So I'm sure that there's some energy resistance mm. there for me too. And you know, alcohol is an interesting one because it's so ingrained in our culture, like globally, not just in America. I mean, you in in the UK too. And so on the one hand, it's like, how do we evolve beyond this thing that's so clearly poisoning us in large quantities? But I always just come back to self-responsibility and I just didn't feel great on it. And I, I like to perform my best and I like to feel great, but to each their own, you know? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a, well, I used to drink quite a lot, to be honest. I was quite a party animal. Mm. But um, I don't drink anymore. And I think also the only thing that I will do now and is, um, you know, well, psilocybin, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, it's not something that you can do. It For me, it calls you. I have lots of times where it's been in my fridge for ages, and I, I won't even have a, a feeling that I wanted to go anywhere near it. But every single time that I do, I learn something, and it's perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. And I do feel that, I mean, it might sound, I know some people think it sounds a bit wee-wee when I just say that, you know, that it calls me, but I really 
really think it is a medicine like that. It comes to you when you're ready to learn something or go deeper inside yourself. And I think with alcohol, at the end of the day, I'm not opening myself up um, and creating more connections in my brain. I'm dumbing them down. And that's not going to be any growth or progress. And But it's crazy how it is ingrained in society, especially in the States and in England. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really like, yeah. Well, I, I love the fact that you guys always say like sober and responsibility. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people die from drunk car accidents in America at alarming rates. And it can be extremely habit forming. And look, there's probably some substances that are habit forming in the psychedelic realm, too. That's the point of doing research. But then going back to this notion of what you just said, people's perception of the woo woo or how do we frame the phrase calling to or being called to? Mm -hmm. And I like to think about it like even going to the bathroom. It's like getting back to the mind-body connection where you're like, you have to go to the bathroom because your body's telling you you have to go to the bathroom. So you go to the bathroom. It's pretty simple, right? And it's, and yeah. it's because you're listening and it's this <sighs> imperative thing. So it's, not, it's less about like this sort of cheesy woo-woo because I'm not really into that either, right? It's about... No, like you, these things are from the earth and so are you. And if you feel so called, that is, you feel good about it because that's you listening to your body. And being in touch with your intuition, yeah. which, you know, and I think a sober lifestyle helps you to do that, right? I love what you guys are doing. I'm, I'm super excited to see how it all goes. Thank and you. It's, um, it's amazing. I did want to ask you one more thing. Just a small thing, actually. In one sentence, what is the one thing you feel the world can learn with the safe use of psychedelics? I feel that with the safe use of psychedelics, the world can learn about who it is. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dad. Well, yeah, this is great. I'm excited for you. I think it's great what you're Thank doing. You. And yeah, and I'm going to keep following you and sharing it and um, thank you so yeah. much See you let us it. know when um when you're publishing this and we'll promote it i will thank you so okay, much thanks, Kat. thanks bye, bye. I'm Carita Golia and thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with anyone who would benefit. And if you really enjoyed it, please add five stars on Apple Podcasts as this really helps me to connect with more people. Don't forget to subscribe. If you would like to read more about me, head over to my website, www.kavitagolia.com.